Welcome to Bottomless Rugby, the home of boys, brews and sports balls. This is the main event with Dr. Duke and Jason. We talk about the current hot topic of the week, touch base on interesting news, and pick a boykie of the week. If you are a listener, welcome to the Bottomless Sports Network. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please consider following Bottomless Rugby on social media and podcast streaming services. Uh, with that said, let's get into it. Our hot topic for this week is one that follows up from last week's episode where we talked about the effects of COVID on the schoolboy rugby calendar and uh, the dilemma that's facing the schoolboys now with uh, having missed out on the matriki of rugby. So today we're going to talk about um, how do we make up for that lack of schoolboy rugby exposure in 2020. Splitting this into two parts, we first going to look at um, sort of the amateur side of things. Um, with the club rugby aspect, and then we're going to take um, a second look from the union side and see what they can do for the players of 2020. All right, so, yeah, with COVID and so forth, we know that the, the matrix playing rugby, they they are in complete limbo. Um, you know, without the exposure, you know, how how do they go on to pursue rugby as a, as a profession? Um, a lot of these guys, particularly... Um, those from less privileged backgrounds, you know, use sporting events at school to be be seen, potentially get um, into a youth week, from there get a contract to a union. Alternatively, these guys um, will get noticed in some school competition and then get a bursary for university and so forth. Um, that doesn't, that obviously is not going to happen now. All right, so... Uh, that does kind of leave us in a difficult position because we know that kids from you know more reputable school is going to get preference. Um, let's face it, a union is going to be less likely to take a player that's from a small school from a small town where they just don't have a scout, um, as opposed to a big school in a big city where you know it's close enough for them to send their scout. So we kind of have the situation where we need to look at um, what can we do for this lost generation of matrix. Um, and I feel that we should do every opportunity that we, we should yeah, make every make opportunities for them in 2021, try to get them exposure, especially those who, you know, did not get a contract. I mean, top guys that have been identified for years probably did get a contract, but what about these other guys who need somewhere to go? Um, and uh, you know, last week we said we don't think it's a good idea for them to repeat school just for rugby. So um, what platform are they going to get to, um, you know, get that exposure and try and make a name for themselves? Um, this is kind of what we're going to talk about today. So, all right, let me bring in Jason. Um, Jason, quickly on that. Um, all right, what's what's your feelings on this? Um, how do you feel about these metrics and the potential opportunities that might need to be made for them going forward? I think it's kind of spot on that 2020 just needs to be left alone, essentially. It's a shame they can't get their family year matric rugby, but, you know, things are moving on, time does move on. We do need to just say, finish the schooling year, get your matric certificate, and focus on rugby next year. And like you said, that is going to require a big step up from unions and clubs to create structures for them to get these opportunities. Otherwise, 
we could potentially lose a generation of stars. And I mean, those guys could be the ones who drive us to winning 2023 World Cup. So, yeah, it's something we really do have to make sure it's put in place. But I do think nothing can be done this year. We do need to just focus on next year for them. Well, let me just jump in there. I, I do think 2023 is a bit soon for these youngsters coming out there. Um, it's more likely we're talking 2027, 2031, you know, for this generation. Right? If you look at 10 years um, after school, when they'll probably be in their prime. Uh, remember, remember Francois Stein, man. Remember Francois Stein? Yeah, but it's, you know, it's one out of how many. So for the average professional even, you know, we're looking about 10 years after your schooling re- careers when you're going to be in your prime and when you really want to be in the World Cup. Like this is our this is our cycle, our two World Cup cycles down the line that, that um, you know, this can have an impact on. Um, so I really do think, yeah, like we need to find a way to accommodate these, these youngsters and create an opportunity for them. Um, and I actually feel that there is a massive opportunity in the waiting year, particularly for club rugby. Like, I feel this is a golden opportunity, right? We know that club club rugby has struggled as of late. And I feel now with the financial implications of COVID and unions are really, you know, like there's already been a cutback on contracts. Now this is going to make it even worse, right? So I feel that you kind of left with a situation where you're going to have an abundance of players potentially, if they decide to still play, who are there for the taking. And if you're a club right now, I think you would be licking your lips, right? You suddenly have an opportunity where you know less of the top players are going to get into unions and universities, right? And you now have an opportunity to recruit some top players into your local club. Would you agree with me there, Jason? Yeah, it's prime time for them to capitalize, especially when there's a larger talent pool that's not going to be contracted by unions. This is the time for clubs to step in and say to their guys, hey, we can provide you with an income and with a chance to show off your skills to get a contract later down the line. And even if the guy doesn't turn out to be a top professional, they're still going to benefit from this compared to the usual players they'd be getting guys from, especially the clubs who aren't the strongest in their respective leagues. Yeah, for sure. Um like, I don't think the clubs would be able to really pay much, um, but I don't think that would be as big a factor because a lot of these these youngsters will understand that they did miss out, unfortunately, on exposure and that, um, you know, if the clubs are able to come to the party and actually provide something specifically for the youngsters, because I think that is the main issue here, right? Clubs might just feel like, okay, come in, come play for us and so forth. But I feel like, like that won't necessarily be enough. I can't imagine just because we had a pandemic that now all of a sudden, you know, youngsters are going to be cool to go play to clubs when that just hasn't been happening to this thing that it needs to happen previously. Um, so I feel the issue that needs to be addressed here is um, what sort of space can the clubs create to accommodate these young rugby players? And this is a bigger question on a whole because we we do know that club club structures can struggle and we only have a couple of strong clubs here and there in, in a couple of major cities and those clubs are able to bring in young players, but we need to see this happening on a broader scale. So I think like this could be a once-off opportunity for clubs to also try something new. 
And this could be the way to create that new exciting space for the youngsters. Um, one, I think clubs should definitely try and link up with the schools in any case in the areas. Um, that I feel should happen in any case. Um, but they should particularly do that um, to consider forming some sort of a matric 2020 league next year, right? That clubs can try and do. Um, you know, if it's literally, let's say you have a smallish town with like one major rugby club, you know, if that rugby club is able to, you know, basically combine a town um, matric team from the matrix from 2020 and then able to go and participate in some sort of a matric 2020 league next year against other clubs where they'll go play matrix from 2020. I think that could be quite exciting to some extent. Um, you can kind of frame it as, right, so who's, which town has got the strongest matrix from 2020? Um, if, if the if the matrix are going to be in a different um, city, you know, it's still fine. It's like whatever town you're in at the moment. But I think something like that could be appealing to some of the players. Um, right? Do you think do you think that could generate some interest for players to go to clubs? I definitely think it could because again, you're getting back that year you lost essentially, and like I can from experience one of the big reasons I always play a club rugby even though it took up a lot of time and you know exhausted you a bit when you're doing school stuff as well is that you get to play with different people and you get to like uh, play alongside guys who you might only be competing against so having players allowed to play in different teams especially the guys who've never touched club rugby at a junior level I think that could be very appealing and it gives you something new and something exciting and after a year of being locked up and not able to do much, I think they're going to jump on this kind of opportunity. I do think they are keen to jump, but I think it will depend what there is to jump yes. to. right? Because I feel that given the current structures without um, you know, the old under-19 National League, that the options are very limited for Matrix to coming out. They're either going to go to a club and you've got to try and make it either into you know, the under-20 league um, you know, which is not a bad option. Um, or you have to, you know, if you're really backing yourself to make it big, you've got to try and make the first first team, try and get into what's it, the Gold Cup as soon as possible yeah. um, to get some exposure there. But I think in this case, um, the idea of like a something that mirrors, you know, the old under-19 National League with just a single year, we're going to have like a Matric 2020 League. I think that could be quite interesting. And you don't need all the clubs to necessarily do that. Like this could be something that's done strategically via um, the rugby, the rugby boards and areas. So for example, um, Eastern Province Rugby Union could, um, you know, talk to some of the clubs in strategic regions and try and put it together where, you know, you get sort of a representative club that's able to accommodate them all, you know, um, and see what they can do. Try and have a, like league within the Eastern Cape for the, the tricks from 2020. And now the union can actually just go send their scout to check out these matches. Obviously, they'll be looking at the schoolboy match and so forth in any case, which is why I think it would be good to pair up with the schools and play, for example, you can play that match on a school's sport day, right? Um, so the scout only needs to go to one location. You're going to see the guys from 2020 play and the guys from 2021 play. Um, and you're also bringing the clubs and the schools together. So you're kind of um, fostering those community bonds, relationships between schools and clubs. 
Um, and because the younger school kids now see all their upperclassmen playing for the club, you can essentially start to create some drive for these youngsters once they're done with school to also come play for your club. Um, so I think if it's something like that, particularly if you pair it up with that school with schools, because the schools are going to provide the gears, you know, that might be missing, and that I think could be could be the way to solve this. Yeah, definitely. And having the thing is after rugby in high school, like most people think you either go to university and play for them or you get get contracted at a union. Club has been forgotten as a bit of a pathway. So if you have uh, like a, a club that's clearly aligned with a school and is a clear pathway for the guys to go from matric into, they're going to have more people going naturally. A lot of people, they want to play rugby after high school, but they just they don't know exactly where to go, so they just forget about it. So having that relationship would be big. And like you say, having them able to play on the school sports day, especially the big clashes like a warm-up to the first team game, like that adds a lot of fears. I remember we did that one year, I can't remember if it was against DHS or Master College, but we had Varsity College old boys playing someone as the warm-up game after the second team. And there was a lot of cheers for that. And you can see the guys weren't used to having such a big crowd at their matches, so it benefits both parties. Yeah, I, th- I think just that, getting clubs and schools together is the way to, to go forward um, for clubs. Like The clubs need to almost integrate themselves into the local schools so that they you know, try and get as many of the players to come join them afterwards. Um, but I think, I think that is a pretty cool idea. Another idea that I think is out there um, and it can sort of be driven through clubs again if the players are keen to come play. Uh, but to kind of mirror, you know, the last youth week um, of 2020, right? So what if we put together like a special Matric 2020 um, uh, tournament to run alongside, you know, Craven Week 2021, right? You can have it at at the same venue, run it, you know, within the same setup. Right. Um, and what they can do is so all players um, that are on matric this year who did not get a contract at a union, they would be eligible to go and play this uh, special Craven Week just next year. Right. So I was kind of thinking what you do is you get four teams. So you get four regional teams that are put together. So you can have like a um, like a representative, you know, Eastern Cape. Um, combine with, you know, someone else. But anyway, let's say you, you you put four special teams. However you decide to to select these players, you know, it's debatable whichever way you want to go, whether it's a draft or from the areas where they're from, whatever. Um, but if you get four teams, they can each play each other once. Um, and, you know, it can kind of, you know, just give them opportunity to be seen by scouts. I think this could be something that can be incorporated relatively cheap, um, given with the, the structure that is already there. And it could be a little something for those top guys who really did miss out on this opportunity to be seen um, playing at a top level. Uh, do you think this could work? I think it could work. It would like exclude most of the playing base of the matric 2020 year because obviously they'd be going for the top guys and the top guys would get that chance to play really and you know there is the issue of maybe there's a guy who's going to blossom in 2020 uh when he uh, had lost your matric who won't get the opportunity because he 
didn't play and they didn't see him. But, you know, factoring that aside, I think that would be an exciting way to do it. And it wouldn't inconvenience the 2021 Craven Week tournament too much. Like, you want to play alongside to make sure all eyes are on it or make it like a follow-up. Like it, it could do very well, and that would give those top guys who don't have a contract, like you say, the chance to show, hey, I'm worth it. Sign me up. And, you know, maybe Montpellier can find more players from them or something. <laughs> yeah, but, like, I'm all for it, actually, in this case. Um, guys, if they can get a contract, um, I would want them to get a contract. Yeah, I think four teams are reasonable. Um, and it can kind of be a regional type of thing, like, right, um, they'll be selecting from two provinces and so forth. Um, whether Whether they would be able to you know, hold trials to do those selections. I don't think that would be easy, uh, but it's just an idea. Um, the The thing would be, though, um, you would still want to encourage the metrics from this year to keep third, to stay involved in the game. And there might be those that would have actually been selected for Craven Week, but now with it not going, they just decide to hang up their boots. Um, so even so, there might be some players that we miss, but... You know, it could be something done to at least try and retain more of the, the top players from Craven Week. Uh, I mean, from 2020 in, in like a mock Craven Week. Right. So our Boyki of the Week. Uh, this is an absolutely fantastic one. I'm overjoyed. Our Boyki for this week is Jack Goodyear. He finally got some sense back into his skull and he decided to chop that mullet off. Um, thank goodness. I think it's about time. Jason, what do you got to say about this? Uh, you know, it's, uh, it's his signature, you know, it's his hallmark. So it's a shame in that sense, but I'm not going to miss seeing the mullet, to be honest. I think the mullet should stay in the past, but yeah, it's good to see him uh, changing things up. Maybe it's going to make him more aerodynamic. <laughs> All I can think of is that this man got married with that mullet. And I can't imagine his wife, you know, must be thinking, oh, my goodness, if only he had decided to cut it before the wedding, you know, because um, now he's got all those wedding photos with the mullet. And if this is not something that you're really planning to carry long term, what was the point? <laughs> hey, you never know. She might be a fan of the mullet and be quite upset right now. Like, we don't know what her likes are. Yeah, we don't know. Uh, to each their own. Like if a mullet's your thing, it's uh, by all means have fun. <laughs> I'm I'm glad the mullet goes. Um, it's like how did you say before? And this is like 1970s all over again. Let's let's leave that behind. But yeah. So yeah, Jack, you you uh, our boyki for this week. Um, really, really glad you decided to chop that mullet. Um, and we actually had a space at center, so he's just slotting straight into the team at 13. Uh, Jack Goodyear, our boyki for this week. Awesome, awesome stuff. Uh, we fully support you cutting off that mullet. Alrighty, um, so we're going to end it off there for today's episode. Um, you can leave us a comment or voice message on Anchor. Tell us uh, what's your opinion on these matters. Uh, we also want to send a big shout out to all our favorite boykies. And then for all the listeners, thank you for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode of the main event. And please consider following Bottomless Rack on social media and podcast streaming services to stay up to date with the latest content. So until next week, stay away from your boys, wash your hands often, drink lots of water, and stay safe. Cheers. <laughs>